This is a special bonus episode of the Uptime Wind Energy Podcast. Listeners to the podcast know we love to speak with the movers and shakers in the wind industry. And while attending the Wind Industry Hamburg exhibition, Joel and I sat down with a number of terrific guests. And now we are bringing them to you, our faithful listeners. First up is Chris Cheslak, director at Bladebug. And Chris brings us the latest news on the Bladebug inspection robot and how Bladebug is the perfect solution for detailed ultrasound inspections for blades. And then Greg Lorenz, Senior Product Manager at DroneBase, updates Joel and me on the latest in drone inspections and how to manage the massive amount of inspection data. This is a great episode, so stay tuned. I'm here with Blade Bug Director Chris Cheslack. Thank you very much from Great the UK. And you had uh, brought over Blade Bug. This, so I, I actually got to see the Blade Bug robot for the first time in person, but I've only seen it on YouTube. <laughs> but it is impressive. And, and, and you made some recent, uh, I'll call them improvements, more more like modifications to them. What's what's the what's the new pieces to Blade Bug at the moment? Yeah. So we have the we brought with us the new sort of proof of concept robot, which yeah. is essentially the same robot that we currently have for field trials and testing. Yeah. But we've been working with uh, a Danish uh, or a Scandinavian industrial design company called Egg Designs, yeah. uh, based in Norway and Denmark. Okay. And uh, they've been working with us to understand things like user journeys and basically enable them to help us cover the robot in a casing to give it uh, weather protection, environmental yeah. protection, but also ergonomic design. So it's got handles. It has integrated. handles. Yes, yeah, so you can carry it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah. it's uh, it, it's for us. It shows what the the products of Bladebug um, will look like, and yeah. it, it just means that people can join the dots of go. Okay, this was the prototype. This is now what the the product can look like. And right. it's yeah, it's been really fantastic to have the physical robot here and to show people, such as yourselves, what yeah, it is. Yeah, because yeah. people see, people have seen it for quite a while on on YouTube, or they might have seen a, a photo of it, but right. I think people love to be able to physically see it and see the scale the of it. The scale of it, yeah. yeah. It, it is... The it, size of a hat. No, it's not the size of a hat. <laughs> no, it, it is a decent size, though. I think when you put it in perspective of a blade, it makes a lot of sense, yeah. that the, the size you have chosen. And it, it, it has evolved quite a bit from when I first saw it, and it's now, I think, in, into the, hey, let's get it out there in the world and, and do some damage with it. The, the the one thing I was noticing at your booth there is it has add-on capabilities and a, and like a payload bay to do ultrasound measurements and that is fascinating because there really is isn't anybody in that space yet. You want to describe what you can do with the robot at the moment? Yes, one hundred percent. So um, Bladebug itself is a robotic platform, yeah. so it's been designed to be really agnostic to what activities it performs on blades. So be it inspection tasks or repair tasks. And yeah. we've developed a few different options, but the one that we're really pushing in and, and going 100% ahead with is, is this ultrasonic non-destructive testing of blades. Right. It's a capability that I think over the course of these four days at, at the, the show in Hamburg, 90% of inquiries about NDT. Yeah, everybody has blade damage, but Everyone, they can't see it. Exactly, <laughs> so this is, this is fantastic. You know, it shows that we're working in the right area. Yeah. And um, yeah, so we, we've, we've got two systems that are currently um, trying and integrate into the system. Right. And 
it's about having a tool which solves people's problems. So we're not NDT experts. Right. We just enable people to perform these inspections remotely and safely. Um, there's a limited number of rope access technicians. There's even a smaller number of rope access technicians who can yeah. do NDT right. uh, inspections. So we can do the inspections and then the experts who don't have to be rope access trained can analyze the data and tell you what's going on with your blades. Right, so in a sense, it has become somewhat about speed. A lot of the discussions we've had over here on the floor are, well, how fast can you do X? or uh, how many turbines can I do in a day? Playbook's really set up for that, the way it's set up. So you, you have gross movements with a cable, so you can raise the robot up and down. But once you get on, on location, I'll call it, yeah. it, it maneuvers on its own. You want to describe like how it moves and, and, and what the technique is to grab yourself onto the blade? Yeah, so so that's exactly right. The, the, the robot is not designed to do global inspections or, right. or repairs or, or tasks and blades. It's about localized, detailed, follow on. So right, right. Uh, the, the example I use is always that you have these drone inspections. They're fantastic. Well, sure, sure. Inspect a drone, inspect a rotor in 30 minutes. Sure. Identify you've got a defect here, here and here. We can put the robot onto those locations quickly. Quickly. Yeah. And identify if it's a real problem, if it's a smear of grease, if it's a crack, if it's a crack, are there delamination subsurface that you can't see? And the way we do that uh, currently is by essentially following the same process that uh, working platforms or baskets are used. So a very simple rigging process, a tried right. and tested process, yeah. a process which the owners and operators have seen and trust and, and believe in. Right. And all we're doing is picking up our 25 kilo robot right. on the same ropes and rigging. So it's a very good way of putting people's minds at ease that what we're doing is novel, but elements of it are very well proven and tested and verified. Sure. So we're able to, as you say, we're able to do gross movements of the robot by uh, pulling it up to a blade very quickly to a, an area of, just a unknown. Yeah. yeah, just unknown. Just and then once we're on the blade, as you say, it's the robot's free to do what it wants to do. So the right. robot can move up, down, left, right. It can crab. And the way that we've actually designed the robot is that the body itself is a, a six degree of freedom end effector. So right. we don't need any additional robotic arms to control tools. We mount the tools in the robot body and then the robot body then controls how those tools are manipulated over the surface of the blade, which might be a bit kind of... Um, it's different. difficult difficult, or different to imagine how it's done, but it, it, it works really well and it explains why we've gone down this road of this six-legged walking robot because of the flexibility and the adaptability of, of what it can do on the blade when it's there. Yeah, and the stability, right? Because if you're doing uh, ultrasound measurements, you need to be stable, right? Mm -hmm. And other platforms that we've seen are, are tend to be a little more rope-based and are not position-sensitive. When you're doing an NDT, you need to be sensitive and you need to lock yourself in place, which what Bladebug does, it yeah. locks yourself in place. And, and, and it's, if, well, well, I guess we'll just add some video to this and, and show the movement of Bladebug, how it can move left, right. And we need to do that for, yeah. for LinkedIn and YouTube. Uh, but that gives you just really unique capabilities. And I'm, I'm guessing uh, as, as uh, the industry progresses, they're just knocking your door more and more. It, it seems like the ultrasounds are becoming more commonplace. We've talked to a number of companies that, that do that, but they just are swamped with work and they can't put a technician out there and do those tests quick enough. Yeah. And, and it, it just becomes really cumbersome. So as an operator, I, you know, what do I do? Yeah. Do I spend three months doing NDT and all these blades? Or is there another option? Is blade bug finally that we open the door to where we can actually do NDT, which we haven't been able to do uh, on a blade. And can it be done inside the blade too? Can you do outside and inside? 
Yeah, so it, it's we're getting a lot more interest in, in now that we're, we're, we're saying that we can do the NDT. So just a caveat, we're, we're not fully there yet. We're not a yep. commercial product, right. but we are close to. And what we need is, is customers with problems that want to work collaboratively and right. help us actually make sure that that product that we're developing solves their needs. Because sure. as a company, we're a robotics company. We want to provide the best tool to the industry to solve oh, sure, everyone's sure. problems. So we've got some, we've got some good um, clients and relationships that we're, we're working with. We've yeah. done a, recently performed a trial in France. Off Very the back nice. of that, they've invited us back for a long extended trial. Okay. So things are moving in definitely in the right direction. That's good. Which is which is fantastic for yeah. us. And I think just on, on the whole of, of robotics in general, just walking around the show, <laughs> I came here back in 2016, there was no robotics automation. Oh, I'm sure very little, yeah. And now there's a movement and it, yes. for me it's fantastic. It's really showing the industry is moving in that direction. It is. For a long time as a, I'm sure, you know, myself, Erona as Rope Robotics would have seen, you know, that we, we're trying to break down barriers into an industry which doesn't have that mindset yet. Well, yeah, sure. And so we're all helping each other. It's a really nice thing to see. We've all been to each other's stands and we've all had a chat and it's great, you know, we have all very different solutions, <laughs> very different systems. Oh yeah, and, they are different. Sure, sure. And fundamentally yeah. there's a, big market out there and um, yeah. everyone's going to have a really interesting future. Well, I think wind has, a, has is very similar to aerospace actually in that there is this, uh, and smart, wisely, wisely so, I think operators have realized there's tends to be some fly-by-night companies, especially earlier on a couple of years ago, there's a lot of them, and they were patient. Mm -hmm. Let's just see the technology develop. Let's just see who's staying here when it gets to 2022. Yeah. And let's just let's see what the technology is. And it has totally flipped. It was sort of well, robots are interesting, but we don't think it's the future mm -hmm. to, it is the future. We need to get on board. We need to yeah. start signing some contracts. We need to get some out and do some some test runs like you've been doing and just demonstrate the technology because it's beyond theoretical. Yeah, It's real. And as, as this market has grown, I think there's going to be just a lot of opportunity. One of the, one of the, key piece that we've seen at this show is the amount of offshore mm -hmm. versus onshore. Uh, previously, it had been mostly onshore. With the offshore piece, how does Blade Bug fit into that offshore piece where doing an NDT on a blade or anything on a blade is just a, you know, a 10x factor in cost? Does, does Blade Bug really break that dynamic a little bit? Yeah, we, we started off offshore first. Okay. So our very first blade walk was on a seven megawatt offshore turbine in Scotland. There you go. It's been designed with the challenges and, and the complexities of, of the offshore market because that's yeah. where the biggest opportunities lie ahead, for oh, sure. sure. Yeah. Um, that being said, there's a huge opportunity onshore, and for us, yeah. it's, it's the best place to to test and validate the system. The, oh, the, quickly, the cost yeah, logistics sure. are <laughs> yeah. way, way down. Yeah. Um, but also, the offshore market isn't ready for it yet. You know, there's we're we're trying to really focus on. Uh, the new installed turbines, off, uh, the floating offshore wind in particular, I think is oh, where really? we see the biggest benefit because of the challenges that we're not even aware of or that the sector's not even aware of of maintaining their blades. Trying to maintain a moving structure <laughs> on ropes, even so, yeah. you know, people get seasick very, very quickly or motion sick within these, <laughs> within the nacelles of those turbines. Sure. People get thrown off the blades on the ropes. Sure. Having, a, having, and of course, one of the, the, the key problems that you have is, or key risk areas is, transferring crew from a, a CTV onto the turbine. Right. When yeah. they're both moving in different dynamic uh, yes. motions, <laughs> that problem is even enhanced. So, yeah. you know, we're developing and, and conceptualizing Blade Bug where you don't have to get any people onto that turbine at all. Oh, wow. So this is about really, you know, this is not about job displacement. This is really about, there is a shortage of, of rope access techs. Yeah. Let's use them for the really big jobs that 
they're going to do. Right. And let Bladebug do a lot of the, the inspections and the maintenance. So this is sure. about, you know, really preventing early signs of damage becoming a big problem, requiring mm -hmm. a big campaign. So for yeah. us, it's about that is where we see a really big opportunity. But onshore over the next few years has really proven the, the, the capabilities and, and yeah. you know, the sure. viability of Bladebug. And then we need the offshore market to be aware of us because they need to factor in how they're going to be scheduling their O&M uh, tasks in the future. They can't use the same, we're always going to use rope access technicians. Sure, we have to. In five, 10 years time, yes. the landscape's going to be very, very different. And so they need yeah. to be aware of that because you know it's going to drive costs down. It's going to have different efficiencies. Right. And they need to be aware that these technologies are coming up and they need to be aware of it, but they also need to help us as well. This is, you know, it, it's a two-way thing. You know, we, we need assistance to, to prove the tech. We need to right, get on sure. turbines and, you know, we need people who own them, who operate them, who manufacture them to be on board with, with what we're trying to do. <laughs> yes, definitely so. Yeah. Uh, when I was at your booth today, I tried on some 3D goggles. Mm -hmm. Uh, and uh, and Bladebug has a couple of cameras in the front of it. I mean, or is it just in the front of the robot where there's cameras, or there or there more cameras? We have five cameras. Oh, you're kidding! Yeah, okay. so I only have, saw we, the ones. So in the we front. we have cameras that look forwards, backwards, at the legs. Uh, oh, wow. We have lidar, so we scan blade as we're we're walking. We we map the surface that we're walking on, which enables us to calculate how to place the feet. So there's oh, lots sure. there's lots of systems that you can't see from from just visually looking at it. But yeah, there's lots of cameras on board. So again, it's been designed to be operated beyond the visual line of sight. So you have okay. to have a number of cameras to make sure that the the operator, um, you know, can maneuver it. Right. And then in the future, a lot of it will be automated, I'm sure, but there'll be a person in the loop bit on an onshore service center somewhere whilst the robot's hundreds of miles off the coast. Yeah. And people just keeping a loop, just making sure everything's working as it should. And So you're gonna have, the expert doesn't have to be on site. Much like x-rays today, when you have an x-ray taken, the person is reviewing it, it could be in Israel, it could be halfway around the world, it could be in Australia, it could be in the UK. Uh, and yeah, you're just sitting in the United, in my case, United States, and you think it's happening next door, and it's not, it's happening half a world away. So your blade bug is set up to have the expert interact with the robot live. 100%, that's one of the key features. So I, I go, I'll go back to the trial that I mentioned in France. We were performing some non-destructive testing ultrasonic scans of a blade in yeah. France, 80 meters from the ground remotely. None of us are NDT experts. We had um, an NDT expert dial in remotely, interpolate or you know read the, the scan data, make the uh, necessary corrections, and then say that this is good to go. And so this is, this is exactly how we see that system working. You know, you have these experts who are in short supply. Right. They can be remote, you know, in their co home, in their office, right. being fed all this high quality data, and then, you know, being able to tell the customers what their blades are doing. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Because you're right. I think you answered two problems. One, getting ultrasonic testing done on the blade. But two, the limited number of technicians and ultrasonic inspection yeah. technologists, I'll call them. The people who interpret those, re those signals are incredible. I've seen it for a number of years. I still can't figure it out. Yeah. So that really cuts down the cycle time to figure out what's happening with your blades tremendously. That's a, that's a game changer. Uh, and what's next? I mean, you, th those are some barriers I don't think we could break, honestly. So what's next? What's next for Bladebug? If you've done all this already, I just, your mind must be going a thousand miles an hour on mm -hmm. where you can go with this. What's, what's coming up? Yeah, you're right. It, this is just the start. So, so I, I said Bladebug's a robotic platform. Yeah. The rest is <laughs> exciting. So. The inspection element, so we, we can use existing industry-proven tools in the robot. Yeah. 
we've only started to scratch the surface of what those tools are. Right. And then you add in the repair capability. So we're starting to look at repair. Yeah. The repair is going to take a bit longer just because it's a robotic process. There's not a, a standard that we can follow to say, no. this robot can now perform that lead and edge repair because they don't exist. So what we're trying right, to do, we're, we're following the standards that humans have to follow now. Right. And we're trying to understand, okay, what is the landscape likely to look like? Because there will be legislation. There will be- There will be. Everything will catch it's coming. up. It's so coming. we want to be involved in that and, and sort of help drive that forward because yeah. it's really key to show that the benefits of robotics and automation mean that you get a higher level of, or higher quality and more repeatable process for your sure. tasks. Yeah. And, for us, that's key. You know, we want to be driving that forward and showing the industry what the benefits of this robotic solution are because we have to do it in baby steps. Right. You know, this industry, whilst it's still relatively young, it's still fairly conservative. And so... Cautious. It, it's they're cautious. cautious. It's cautious, yeah, and yeah. rightly so. You know, these, these are big, expensive assets and right. you don't want to just put things on which then fail quickly. So we're, right. we're trying to really, you know, for us, evidence our repair capabilities sort of in the background. So when we're ready and when the market's ready and when, you know, certifications ready we're there ready to go but there's so many facets and, and areas that we can sort of navigate and pivot to it's just really exciting but for us the NDT is the real key thing at the moment it's a really hot topic it's a really big problem and for us that enables us to really get playbug out there we're pre-commercial at the moment we're, we're going to be changing that next year but for us it gives us the ability to you know show the market or show investors actually that playbug is viable well, for us there's real. a lot of there's a lot of still developed to do for us in terms of like building manufacturing capabilities and everything else, so. But that's our natural. Yeah. Everybody has those. Yes. Right, it seems like you're clearly at an investment stage. The robot I saw today, <laughs> it's at an investment stage and it makes sense to start looking your way. I, there's a lot of uh, renewable energy venture capital mm -hmm. funds that are looking to invest in new technology. Bladebug is clearly one of those leaders at the moment. And next year, are you going to, are you, are, are you at another funding round? Are you close to another funding yeah, we, round? Yeah, we are, we are raising uh, imminently, like we're doing a pre-series A now. Oh, good. Uh, yeah, so we're, we're raising, yeah, we're raising now. Um, the reason we're not doing a series A is because, again, with that still pre-commercial stage, we right. want to wait until sure. we get the contracts and really justify, sure. justify the raise that we're trying to do. Sure. But we've got, we've got a good bunch of um, investors at the moment that are keen to follow on, but we're looking to get new ones in as well. Yeah. So for us, it's about for me. My my role is definitely as a uh, has changed from you know from the technical side of things oh, more right. much more to the you know making sure that we've got the funds in, in order to you know really reach the potential that we have. So how do people get a hold of you? If if, if investors in Silicon Valley and well investors in, in in renewable energy are in two places in the United States mostly maybe three yeah. Boston. Houston, and then sort of Silicon Valley. Those are, those are the kind of the hot three in America. And they listen to this podcast because uh, I really regularly interact yeah. with them. So if you're all listening out there. Yeah, please get in contact. <laughs> how, yeah, how do they get in contact with you? Yeah, so uh, probably LinkedIn is a, is a good, is a good uh, place to call. Okay. We, we've got um, uh, a Bladebug page. I'm there as well. We also have our website, yeah. uh, bladebug.co.uk. Uh, okay. There's an investment um uh, email as well, so invest at bladebug.co.uk as well. So Great. there are options, and I'm, I think if you do a search for Bladebug, you'll probably find me or Stacey, who's our business <laughs> development manager. Yeah. You know, there will be ways, we're fairly easy to find, uh, which is good. That's great. Well, Chris, I appreciate you stopping by. No, it's great it. to see you in person, and yeah. it's great to see Bladebug in Thank person. You. So it's fantastic. Brilliant. Right. All right, thanks.
We have a special guest, Greg Lorenz from DroneBase. He's a senior product manager at DroneBase. And we're still here in Hamburg, beautiful Hamburg, Germany, where it's about 45, 50 degrees outside Fahrenheit. Yeah, it's just started raining too. It's been decent all week, but now it's turning into Hamburg. Yeah, <laughs> turning into what, what, what's normal to its, Yeah, to, to its roots. Showing right? us its real colors. So we're here to learn a lot about DroneBase. Now, at this expo, we must have walked around 20 different kinds of drone yeah, scenarios. There's a, ton. there's a ton of them. And a lot of them are relatively new. Mm -hmm. And in my opinion, don't have the assets to do large projects. Exactly. Yep. Drone base is not one of those. Mm -hmm. You guys are, are positioned in many different markets at the same time. And you've been around for quite a number of years. So you want to just describe just generally what drone base does and particularly what's happening in wind? Yeah, so obviously, you know, um, we have five different verticals, and we, have, yep. you know, we, we talked about that a bit. Um, but you know, di di digging into wind specifically, um, you know, we we are a flexible platform. Yep. Um, we're able to be basically intelligent imagery, right? Yep. You know, we have drones. It's like one arrow in our quiver. We are flexible to do other things. Um, and I and also I think the key thing for us is operational excellence. You're, uh, I believe, talking about you know our technicians are trained. We're able to train on right. a large mm -hmm. scale. Um, where our hardware solution is flexible, so it's easy to get into certain countries. Um, so for example, Brazil having custom hardware is challenging. Importing to Brazil is challenging. Sure. We already, we are, our hardware platforms are uh, readily available, easily implemented, and we can mm -hmm. scale super quick. And we have a very, very large pilot network. Um, and I think that really helps us um, expand quickly and, and meet our customers' needs. Our customers are a lot of global you know, OEMs, operators, and I think us able uh, able to scale quickly in our operational excellence is mm -hmm. one key differentiator. Um, I think another a key part, and from what I saw in my time in GE, a lot of these companies want their data in their systems, right? That's right. Uh, you know, we yes. think we have an excellent platform, super easy to use and helpful, um, but our customers in the end need to get their data to their The way they want it. Exactly, yeah. right. the yeah. way they want it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, we have you know some, some customers who are using our platform to manipulate the data, add defects, because um, it's easier to use in their existing platforms. They have these large companies, it's hard right. for them to like digitally innovate. Um, we're able to take that data, send it into their system, so they work in our system. It goes and gets stored in their system. Okay. Sure. Um, and all the records are stored. It's following their processes. And I think that's right. a really critical part, um, partnering with our customers and enabling them to keep their workflows similar, but improve them, improve the workflows. Question for you. I'm going to dial back just a little bit. You said uh, getting equipment into Brazil. Mm -hmm. So my, a past life of mine, I worked in oil and gas <laughs> offshore. And we always said, if you're sending something to Brazil, I'm not going to get it back. Yeah. So you just plan on it. So I guess um, what the next question to that is, is DroneBase, uh, of course, a, a large global organization. Uh, I know you guys have uh, quite a few of your, your management team and whatnot in the U.S., but what markets are you guys actually working in? Yeah, so we're working um, for, for WIND specifically, or obviously North America. We're, we're entering Brazil. Okay. Um, we're, we're doing inspections, I believe, this week or next week in Brazil. Oh, um, we, oh, have, wow. we have uh, Europe. Um, a, lot, a lot of the European countries were pre-covered, the Nordics as well. That's a, usually a challenging environment to operate in. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, we're, we're, we're obviously there. Um, and then like, you know, Northern Northern England as well, Faroe Islands, we've done some inspections up there. Mm -hmm. um, we've, we've done inspections in Africa. We've done inspections in South Africa specifically, um, oh, yeah. Australia, Taiwan. So we're, we're basically, we're completely global. We've hit every single major continent. Wherever there's wind market, you guys are there? We're there, yeah. We have a, you know, we have, you know, teams based out of uh, India, um, Germany, 
the U.S., Brazil, obviously, we, we started a new office there, and those are our key major hubs. So we do have a, a team here in Germany yeah. um, supporting, and, you know, we're, we're flexible. Wow. We're, we're all over the world. We're all in all different time zones. So speaking uh, specifically yeah. to wind, as, as of course, this is what uh, you're the product manager for. Yeah. Onshore and offshore? Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Okay. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I mean uh, offshore is a, is a tough, tough environment for drone companies. We've seen... Some of them, uh, we, we use the term baptize their drones. Um, so I hope, I hope drone base hasn't had to baptize a drone yet, no, but no. it happens. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I think yeah, offshore is a really challenging environment and really minimizing cost um, to the customer. And you know, I think you know, drone base we have drone in our name, but we're really thinking about intelligent imagery mm -hmm. and right. and thinking about you know, we talked about you know, Mark was talking about solar previously with you yeah. and, and how they've changed the game. We're we're really thinking beyond just drones. How can we meet our customers' needs best? How right. can we you know keep the power running? still get high quality inspections um, and you know that's that's what we're looking at we're looking to try to innovate and expand and when you're talking about offshore you know if you can you know have some capture system when it's what's you don't have to get off the boat things like yeah, that yeah, yeah. it could be a huge game changer um, so uh, i think you know that's that's where we're taking we're yeah. taking that uh, you know i think a lot of companies will say hey drones are the best and we need to use drones and sure. we, we, we use that as an arrow in our quiver yeah. but we really want to be open to all right. technologies um, all different options so. so so whatever can collect uh inspection data high quality data high quality metadata but if it's a robot a crawler a mm -hmm. cage drone yeah. uh, the the drone system that you guys have does autonomous flights or or something we don't know about yet we don't oh sure you yeah know what i mean it could be it could be something like uh, the blade bug uh, that crawls up and you need to look at something real pictures. close. Yeah, yeah, we, sure. don't, we don't know what it is, but you guys are set up to be able to take in that data and as a part of the company, you're looking at innovative ways. How, because I know I think you have a little bit of a kind of an R&D group that is looking at all kinds of different, yep. what about this, what about that, what about this? Exactly, okay. exactly. And that's, yeah, we're, we're continuously, you know, discussing, innovating, trying to get feedback from the, all the teams and well, we're based all regionally and seeing who's doing what, and how we can, how can we be better? How can we deliver yeah. that data to our customers? quicker, cheaper, faster. Yeah. So. I know I was talking with uh, some of your team today uh, over at their booth and they were talking about um, how you guys are agile. And you touched on this a little bit about making sure that the customer gets what they want. Mm -hmm. right? You're not locking them into a system. You're not locking them into, this is the way we do inspections. This is how you're going to get your data. It's how can we work together with you guys? What to, you know, we have, you we have some horsepower. Yeah, yeah. We, we've got a great system. We have this. Do you want it? If you don't want it, no. Do you want to inspect? Yep. You want us to inspect for you? How do you want to do these things? So yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it, 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 a wide range of options, right? You can do, um, or where we do everything for you. We do the capture, and we do the data analysis, and give it back to you. And it's basically hands off from the customer perspective. Or you can do, you know, self capture, so that where the customer is actually collecting their own data using our drones, using our autonomous flight system. Mm -hmm. um, oh, so really? we try to be flexible, and then that they have an option. If we, okay. if they want to do us to do the analysis, uh, the analysis, um, they can, or or they can do it themselves if they have a large engineering team doing yeah. that work. Okay. Or so, or someone or someone like your company, they hey, yeah. they want one parallel to do it. Yeah. That's yeah. good. That's fine if they want. If you have an existing relationship, yeah. um, right? Do with you too. So, um, if you were to say. Drone base, this is our value add. If you stood in a room with all the other drone companies out there or, or inspection companies out there, what is the value add that sets, sets you guys apart in the market? So I think a key thing that we touched on already was operational excellence. Um, yeah. And I think being flexible and listening to the customer need yeah. um, is the next part. Making sure that we are listening continuously and continuously updating and innovating our product right. to meet the customer's needs. And then making sure when we're out in the field, yeah. we're professional, we're getting it done safely and quickly mm -hmm. um, and getting them the highest quality data. Um, right. you know, on top of that, we do data review basically immediately. When they're still in the field, 
they're uploading the images that night. We have an image uploader, super easy to use, just drag and drop. It goes in there, the pilot reviews the images, making sure that um, the images are all good quality and easy to see. Mm -hmm. um, it, you know, that really helps us, you know, I think just overall, I think our, we minimize reflights, but in case that has to happen, we're there. We don't have to remobilize. Right. We're there, and we can react and, and make sure we're flexing. Uh, there's nothing more frustrating than that is getting an inspection campaign done, demobilizing, and then finding out you got to go back. Yep. Yeah. Or, exactly. the, or the the actual the client telling you you got to come back because <laughs> uh, I've seen that happen before, uh, right. and it's right. not it's not cool. Okay, so um, we've got some of their, your value add. What are you guys looking for the future? What's the, what's the difference? I mean, we've talked about more tools in the toolbox. We don't know what those are yet. Yep. Um, but the, the future for drone base and wind is, is what? Global takeover? Yeah, that's, that's what we're shooting for, for sure. Um, <laughs> global takeover, I, I think the, the one key thing actually looking in the industry is getting buy-in from, from uh, like customers, right? Yeah. If you look yeah. at like, um, yeah. Proactive blade inspection. The market penetration is relatively low, so I think that the key thing overall, uh, you know, we can talk about takeover and who's getting what share. I think the key thing is getting the industry to be proactive uh, mm -hmm. versus reactive, right? And, yeah. Um, my time at GE, you spent a lot of time working to improve that, becoming more preventative yeah. maintenance and being proactive and doing inspections versus waiting for bad stuff to happen. Yeah. Right. Um, putting people at risk. Yeah. Um, so I think I think actually if you're looking at it like that's the key thing is getting our, our customers on board and, and how can we help them yeah. get the be um, I say what well, in the wind power lab team we call it being a prudent operator. Yeah. How can we that's share the knowledge to be a prudent operator to the market and encourage them to do that and it goes by showing ROI. How yeah. does this happen? Why, if you don't do this, what could happen? If you do this, this is how it will work. Exactly. Right. Yeah. That's, that's where we're at. Yeah, but and, and I think we're looking, you know, we see the, the solar team, what they're doing, that innovation. We're looking for that game-changing innovation. I think um, if you look at wind, it's slightly more challenging. With obviously, the airspace requirements and things like that, yeah. flying over with an airplane uh, over the solar panels is definitely less challenging technically. Yeah. But we are trying to... We are always looking for that that the game changing innovation, change, yeah. that next step change. Right. How do we get? I mean, drones was a huge step change. What's the next Absolutely. step change? Right? Is that yeah. you know? Is that within drones, or is that something else? And I think we're we're looking at all possible options. Yeah, I know we were chatting a little bit uh, ago, and of course we're at onshore energy here, hammer onshore offshore, big biggest wind energy show in the world. Sure. You're, there's a lot of uh, constant monitoring systems out there, right? You've yes. seen a lot of them for generators and rotating equipment and these things, and now right. you're starting to see them get into blades. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I'm staring right behind Finally, us here. Yeah. Our friends Finally. on the show ping uh, their, their monitor here, uh, in, you know, integrating those kind of data sources to maybe drive a, you know, a hybrid inspection model where you have something that is a base filter and, hey, we need to go inspect these because we're at this stage, rather than just the blanket, we've got 4,000 turbines, we need to go inspect them all yep. kind of thing. Absolutely, yeah. yeah that, um, Kind of like predictive maintenance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, yeah, and that's where we're. I mean, that's you know we have you know CMS monitoring gearboxes, bearings, things like that, and that's where Blades need to go. It's just it's it's really like challenging. It's tough to get the it's buy challenging in. to change the mindset, in, yeah. right? And it's really key trying to get it at the at the uh, when it's it's built, right? Yeah. So when we're starting to do retrofits, it's so much more expensive. It's so much harder to. Yeah to uh, show the ROI and the positive ROI. Mm -hmm. um, but if you can get it installed early on, um, that's I think a key key part. And getting that buy-in yeah. is so tough, right? A lot of the times, um, asset owners, OEMs, they're coming to us because they have a specific problem or they're having problems with something in their fleet. Um, and so it's like, it's at that point in time, it's almost slightly too late, especially for cont continuous monitoring systems. Right. Yeah. Um, you can if it is a, a big enough problem, but yeah. Yeah, so we're looking to, to educate. Yeah. Mm. 
is so, the idea. And the, from the technology perspective, it just seems like imaging cameras is where the, the action is now. Mm -hmm. yeah. they, they keep getting better. They get crazy better, right? You guys have that phase one camera over on your booth here. Yeah, it's like 100 megapixels or something. Yeah. Oh, it's crazy. It is crazy. It's, it's insane, right? Yeah. So is that the real driver now? It used to be the drones and controlling the drones and all the piloting and things that were happening. And that seems to be the solved. autonomous nature of Most, everything. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's completely solved. It's, yeah. it's not. But it's in the market. You can go, yeah, you can go pay for it right now. Right. Yeah. So is, is that where technology is? It's really in the cameras? And, or, or, or we haven't reached a plateau there where you don't really need better cameras. We're just kind of there. And now it's just basically delivering of quality information to the operators. Yeah, and I think that's kind of a slight balance too. Like yeah. um, with the flight path, you can adjust the flight paths to get better quality images sure. with, oh, sure. um, you know, a lower quality cameras. Um, yeah. You know, so there is sure. that, that kind of like balance there on how much you want as far as a camera or how you want to adjust. But yeah, those are kind of small little tweaks. I think, you know, you know, the one thing and I've seen a couple items around here, but not a lot is internal inspection. And I know we went back right. to yeah, doing yeah, it, but yeah, yeah. internal inspection is really interesting. When we do an external inspection, it's it's just, it's 50%, it's probably right. less than 50% of what you're seeing is internally, you can see there's no paint, you can see into the laminate, right. you actually see more internally. Cracks, yeah. um, so that's kind of the one part that, that there, I, I didn't see a whole lot of like new robotic uh, innovations as yeah. far as the internal inspections go. No, that's true, um, very true. But you are seeing in, the, in that market space, you're seeing that the ass owners are actually, in the last even 18 months, you're starting to see more like, oh, we need to do some internal inspections. Right. Because you're starting to see a lot, you know, as blades get longer and bigger and we trim them down, they're not so bulky, they're a little right. bit more, you know, sports car blades. They develop cracks easier, more yep. it's structural problems in the inside of them. Exactly. And getting, it, you're, so even here at the show, we've had some people stop by where we are at our booth, talk to some other asset owners. Internal inspections is, is becoming uh, paramount on the radar now. Yeah, and yeah, so it'd be nice to see, uh, you know, what where that comes. It might, might change there, but I know on the Wind Power Lab side, we've, we've been doing it for a few years, and, and uh, we get some good results to the clients. And for the most part, it's surprising to them. Mm -hmm. You get, deliver the inspection day, and they're like, whoa, you're like, shear web cracks, <laughs> and you got this going on and yeah, that yeah. going on. We do a lot of RCAs as well, mm -hmm. right? So a lot of the RCAs are like, oh, they would have had an internal campaign done. They would have found yes. this before yeah. the blade folded over. Yeah, I, yep. I wonder. That's a good question because do the do the primary inspections become internal instead of external? I, no, I think it's a mix. I, I think okay. it's it's um, like a multifaceted approach. Yeah, with internals, sure. you're still you you have to go up tower. It's expensive. Yeah. True. Maybe, maybe, maybe you don't. Maybe in the future there's, there's a way, a way that they come there's in a way with a drone yeah. way. outside um, and fly up the right, go over the right. access panel. Yeah. Um, so really? so I think that is kind of. Uh, I think I think it's got to be a mix. Um, okay. You know, there's other stuff out there. Thermal too. Right. Thermal so it's, it's a big really discussion. Building that and, and really understanding your blades and your fleet, um, and right. they, how you do that is building data. Right. So you need yeah. multiple years of inspection data to do that, and then you can start manipulating, adjusting inspection Analysis. frequencies. Or if you're using pr like predictive maintenance and like ping, um, then you're you're able to. Hey, I'm just going to go and do the inspection whenever I, I get a flag. Right? Yeah. So I think yeah. that's. Um, yeah, I think it's a, a multi-faceted approach. It's not a one-size-fits-all, yeah. and it's, you know, certain blade types have certain um, particular issues, which you do need to do internals. You can't see it externally. Right. So it's it's always you know I think the key thing is collecting as much data as you can, and then right. be, becoming intelligent yourself, yes. using the analytics to find out what you need to be looking for for right. certain blade types. Well, do operators come to you and they say, "Hey, I have X turbines, but we're thinking about buying Y turbines." So they come to you and say. All right, what's the history on these Y turbines out here? Do we, are they just full of blade issues? 
based, and not even mm -hmm. specifically, but just saying, are they generically in a sort of a rating sense? Uh -huh. Is this a good wind turbine or does it have a lot of problems? Has that process started yet? So I, so I believe we're not able to really share that because we are using our customers' data. Okay. Um, so if we were to say, hey, we collected um, for asset owner X and we're telling asset owner Y or, or OEM X or right. Y and telling that information, um, I think that would be like a, a breach of contract. But mm, maybe, maybe. Maybe, it, maybe, it could, maybe it, it could be. It could be challenging. I mean, I think you, you know, we do some advisory on that side yeah, of things. Okay, off, offshore could be huge that yeah, way. I yeah. think offshore, there's there seems to be from the operator side a huge amount of risk because, especially in the United States, they don't have any experience in offshore wind and they don't know mm. with a lot of new turbines what's happening. Yeah, and the only people who do people taking pictures right. and drone base is one of those. It just seems like a logical extension. That's a, a yeah, that's good. And that kind of gets into what Mark was talking about with solar and yes, being transparent. Very similar so, yeah, there, things. There may be some, you know, I have Just a rating system. Yeah, I've been with drone base for three months, so I haven't heard that ask come okay. to me yeah. specifically, but it could have come to someone that's, else. It seems like a logical outcome um, at some yeah, point. Yeah. yeah, yeah, most definitely. And that, that makes sense. And I think, you know, you know, like in the industry, we know what blades are, are, are you do must not be named at yeah. conference <laughs> exactly. like, like this yeah, exactly. there's a lot of drinking and talking about yeah, yeah, there's some, some right? winks and some smiles going yeah. exactly yeah. So some I think frowns general knowledge but bringing that the analytics and the hard factual data and yeah. how like how that creates your inspection plan and your frequency yeah, yeah that is definitely yeah something that, that needs to, to happen more often. absolutely yeah. and especially as our global wind fleet starts to scale yeah. I mean oh, we're looking yeah. at PTC stuff going on in the US right now the developers are going wild and it's going to just continue to, the, the, the energy transition is going to continue, continue. Right now we're at 71, 72,000 and change yeah, yeah. in the U.S. Uh, that, you know, within three or four years, that number is going to, we're going to hit six digits. Oh yeah, we'll be 100,000 I mean, shortly, it's just yeah. Gonna, and it's just going to keep going. And it's not just the U.S., it's South America, it's Europe, offshore, onshore. Brazil, I mean, So right. there's, there's, you're just not going to be able to inspect every one of these blades all the time. So right. it's going to have yeah. to be exactly like you say. Uh, a hybrid model of let's monitor them, let's let's inspect them when we need to, let's do these things because it's just not going to be the the, the the manpower, the resources to right. get it done. Right, and I think you know the one thing kind of t touching on that a little bit with internals. You know, we we have technicians going up to our doing preventative maintenance all the time. Sure, being able to build a system that's super easy to deploy internally, like it's like you, know, you could just deploy easily and. It goes and does the inspection while you're greasing the bearings or something like that. Right. You're not really right. you're not yeah. using up any time. You're already right. There you're there. Work, right. So I saw someone one time take a. Do you know? Uh, I don't know if any of you guys are fishermen, but in ice fishing, they have these cameras that have like they look like a little fish. You drop them down yeah, the hole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I saw someone putting blades vertically and just dropping one yep. of those down in there. Do, 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 do. Uh -huh. Absolutely. <laughs> Maybe that's it. I, I mean, that is yeah. That's one method. The drop um, cam. Definitely one method. Right. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, Greg. Hey, it's. Great, thanks for stopping by. Absolutely. Uh, Joel and I learn a lot from mm -hmm. these conversations, and I know Drone Base is super busy. I just stopped by your booth earlier today, and it was insane over there. <laughs> so I know it's having a pretty good show. So congratulations, and uh, thanks for being on Uptime. Great, thank you so much for having me. It was great talking to both of you.